Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy Saturday! Mm, I'm not awake yet. You're not? No. Nope. Well... I hope you are, because we're recording this episode whether you are or not. Well, good luck. It's going to be sleepy. And we're in numbers, so come on, man. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. With the riveting sections about... More numbers. More numbers. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. This is why I became a pastor, so I wouldn't have to do math. Did you? So, yeah. I mean, that's not the only reason, but... Well... It's not my strongest. It's fair. It's not my weakest, either, to be fair. For but me, it's not my strongest. For me, I was trying to escape science. Which is ironic because both my mom and dad are, are doctors. Oh, that's funny. And it must be a recessive gene because I just, I hit chemistry and everything was like, nope. Wow. Really? But you know what they call theology, right? Yeah. The queen, the queen of the of sciences. sciences. Yeah. So there that's you cool. go. Ha, mom so and dad. I'm still a scientist, mom. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, hey, you know what? God's growing our church, which is super cool. It's yeah. really awesome to see how he continues to bring people to the church we had the largest number we ever had this last week yeah it was crazy man it was cool it was really fun to see that and to, to just think about man this is gonna be awesome as god continues to grow and, and build the church and with that comes some new challenges and new opportunities Did you ever see that tv show growing pains from like the 80s yes That's what it feels like right yeah. now growing pains it does yeah yeah and so maybe uh you're relatively new to our church or you've been at our church for a while and when you're part of a church for a period of time and you're kind of looking around going, man, everything seems to be operating pretty smoothly. It can be easy to, to kind of sit back and think. Depends on the weekend you show up, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be easy to think, sit back and think, you know what? It, it seems like they've got all their bases covered. I don't know that I'm needed. So here's, here's Pastor Rod and myself, both your pastors telling you this. We need you. Your church always needs you. Yeah. I mean, whether it's our church or the church that you attend back at home, wherever that is, they need you. Right. You're part of the body. Right. Right, exactly. And, and, and God wants you to be useful to him in serving the, the body of Christ. Always. And so we've got some needs here. I mean, our, our, I mentioned it this past Sunday. Our nursery is about to be, uh, be bursting at the seams. Blowing up. We, we have babies coming. And so we need people sitting in and, and uh, being a part of our nursery. Uh, as our, our setup and teardown teams, uh, we, we need help there. We need more people to, to help with that as well. And so... Um, Wednesday night, our student ministry, I've, I've hit on this and this is close to home for, for pastor Rod too. Um, we need people that are willing to come and, and watch the, the kids for pastor Rod and Kristen so they can be involved in, in serving in student ministry as well as Angelo and, and, uh, Ali Trinidad and, and their kids. So, um, if we have needs here at the church, all that to say, and so we want you to be serving the, the body of Christ, not just for the benefit that we derive from that. I mean, that's certainly part of it, but ultimately for the, the step of obedience that it is to the Lord yeah, and, uh, and the benefit that you'll derive from it too. There, there's, there's reward for your service. Well, let's talk about some of those things. And what, what are some of the losses that someone would experience by not serving? They say, you know what? It looks like the church is doing well. I'll, I'll give money. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get my attention when I come on the weekend, but man, I like the week, the week's busy. What are they missing out on? 
uh, relationship building. Some of the, the closest relationships you'll form in the church are with the people that you're serving alongside mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Because as you're serving, let's say the, the setup team, right? As you're serving by setting up chairs or you're serving by carrying the stage pieces, you're doing that with somebody else and you're talking with them as you're meeting together and you're you're engaging with each other. So there's a, a fellowship side of thing. Uh, the second side of thing is, is worship. Uh, this is an act of worship. And so you're robbing yourself of the opportunity to worship God through not serving and not being involved in serving the, the bride of Christ. Um, th- those are, are two things off the top of my head that I can think of. What about for you? Man, uh, one of the things, so in, in addition to the relationships and the joy of worship, I, I think about growing alongside my brothers and sisters and being able to support them. Serving is far more than the act itself. It comes with a lot more territory. I mean, mm. building relationships with other people, mm. you're, you're, you're helping contribute to the body life of the church. And our old pastor, our sending pastor, would talk a lot about down the block from where we used to go to church, there was the biggest theme park or the most well-known theme park, Disneyland, right down the block. And he would say things like, you know, they, they do excellent work uh, for, the, for the sake of the mouse. They're doing it for money and for whatever else. I don't know what else they got going on, but certainly money. Money's their thing. They're driving motivation. They want to bless their shareholders, as it were. We as the church, we want to do great ministry. We want to do expansive ministry. We want to do ministry that is top-notch, high quality. Well, why? Well, because we want to honor King Jesus. And when you serve, you find yourself, like like, uh, your Bible study series uh, last year, you're a Lego piece that fits into the whole structure of what the church is doing. And when any piece is missing, you feel that. You feel yeah. that loss. So there, the, the tangible things like fellowship and joy, there's an intangible thing. There is a good and godly momentum that's built when everyone's working together side by side for the good of the church, for the glory of God. So we would heartily encourage you to get plugged in. And it's it's ownership too, right? You get to say with a certain sense of, of belonging, like, hey, this is my church. This is my church. Like, I'm here. I'm, I'm involved. I'm, I'm committed. And that is, you know, part of our next steps of what it looks like to be a part of our church. We talk about attending, connecting, and serving. Right. And so, the, you know, the, we would kind of say you're, you're not all in. And taking. Do we add that one yet? Number four? Taking? We, did, we didn't add taking. Taking your pastors to Hutchins? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so attending, connecting, member, serving. That's, that's it. That's it. We've only got one. <laughs> Holy damn. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding, guys. Yeah. No, but if you but, want to, we're not going to deny that. We wouldn't. We wouldn't ever. Um, but serving. And so really, you, you're not all in, in until you get to that place of saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to serve. And that doesn't mean that you have to be lifting stage pieces. I recognize people that are built differently, have different right. abilities and things. Right. There's, there's a place for you is what we're trying to say. Totally. So jump in. And it's, it's worth it. it you're, is. In 50 years, in 100 years, you're not going to look back and say, I wish I'd served less. Right. Uh, especially when you're doing it alongside your spouse right. or with your kids. And by the way, one of the cool things about serving is that every ministry at some point gives out swag. Yep. And you get cool swag. In fact, we just gave away some of our remaining sweatshirts or crew necks from our, our winter retreat. And those flew off the shelves like hotcakes, man. People were all about them. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is cool. So there you go. You get we additional swag. We'll give you a full wardrobe of Compass Bible I Church. I mean, that's the goal. Gear. We want we want you from head to toe, hat, crew neck, pants. We know what we need to do some joggers. That's what we need to do next. I'd be all about joggers, that. quarter zips, about the joggers. You know the slip ons, the slippers. Yeah, get some of those next year. Maybe a beanie. A beanie. Oh. Yeah, like a nice one. Stetson, a Compass Stetson hat. Howdy, y'all. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about the Bible. Speaking of serving. Numbers, hey, there you go. Numbers three, numbers four. Uh, numbers three, we are taking a census, but this time of the Levites. And uh, it's all the Levites a month old and 
and up. So think back to the last one. The last one that was taken was taken of all Israel minus the Levites. And it was all of the fighting age men because the Levites were exempt from military service. And so here now we're focused on counting the Levites. We want to know, okay, how many Levites are there? But this time, and remember the Levites and the priests, different subsets here, but the priests would have been counted in this. This is all of the Levitical family at this point. So we're counting the firstborn a month old and, and up. And the reason being, or the, not the firstborn, the, all of those a month old and up, now that I've confused you. The, the reason what? is is because for the nation, the Levites were the stand-ins for the First offering born. of the firstborn. That's together. right. Right. So what they're doing here is they're saying, are there, does it match? Does the number of Levites match the number of firstborn in the nation of Israel? And if not, it wasn't like, okay, well, we need to have more Levites. It was, there needs to be a payment made to God and an offering provided to him. And, and that was a, a financial offering, a financial commitment. And so that's exactly what takes place here. They, they count the Levites. They find that they're short by a couple hundred. And there was a financial transaction that took place to redeem the additional firstborn from the people that weren't represented by the total number of Levites. Yeah, we're going to see this again in chapter eight. Uh, so this this theme is not quite done yet, but important to see here that we're looking at the family tree of Levi, now, Levi, one of Jacob's sons. And so Levi has three major clans, uh, and those clans are going to be the really division of how the 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 tabernacle moves and how it's organized. And so as you see these names through throughout this chapter and, and the continuing chapters, just recognize here, those are those are the three major clans, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Uh, Kohath is kind of the favored clan. In fact, that's probably the clan of Moses, Aaron, Miriam. Right. Uh, so it's from that lineage, Kohath. And by the way, there's songs in the Psalms that are from the Kohathites. Yep. So you're going to see them later on too. Uh, so all, all that to say, uh, Kohath is the, is the favorite one. They're going to carry the tabernacle furniture. And that's also, again, where the family, uh, they were the family of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Yeah. I, I, did you ever confuse Kohath and Korah at any point? I think probably. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I did. Those are different. If that's you out there, I've been there too. It's, it's Korah's not the rebellion. Same. Yeah. Not, not people. No. Yeah. Kohath, they didn't have their rebellion. It was Korah's rebellion, not Kohath. Yeah. Rebellion. Good. Keep that clear. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Koath would uh, appreciate that, that you would not confuse the two. <laughs> Imagine him up in heaven. Guys, that's not me. Wait a minute, it's not. Another guy. No, come on. All right. Uh, hey, well, then chapter four. Um, here we, we count all the male Levites from 30 to 50 years old. So this is all of those that were eligible to serve then in the tabernacle. So if, if earlier we're counting everybody from one month old and upward, that's to make sure that all of the firstborn are matched between the people and the Levites. Here, now we're focused on who's eligible to serve in the tabernacle and uh, to serve in their, their priestly duty. And this would have been everyone from 30 to 50 years old, all the males from 30 to 50 years old. So in this chapter, we get the, the instructions for the, the dismantling of the tabernacle and how everything was to be carried and what was to be done here. And note uh, that in verses 4 through 15, as they're dismantling the tabernacle, all of the, the holiest of holy items, they were to be wrapped by Aaron and his sons. They, they were to be the ones that were in there. The priests, the priests were to yeah. be the ones that were closest to the holy objects. Cover it up. And so once they wrapped them and wrapped them in the goat's hair, then the Kohathites could come in and they were the ones to carry the most holy items. By the poles. By the poles, right? Which is going to have a factor or, or have something to do with Uzzah later on. Mm. Uh, and uh, and even really King David as complicit in that whole interaction later on too because of not carrying it by the poles. But Numbers chapter four, they're supposed to do that. They're supposed to, to carry it by the poles. The Kohathites were to transport those items. The Gershonites were to carry all of the curtains. <laughs> 
It seems like Gershon the Curtain Man. I would have been like, oh man, can I? Is there another job that I have? (laughs) And then the Sons of Merari were there to carry the frame of the tabernacle, the poles, the pillars, everything else like that. And again, we were just talking about serving. Every every part really mattered. Yep. Every part of the Levites, they everyone had a specific job. And this is one of the things I love about God. It's part of my personality. He's designed me in this way as well. But I love the organization. I I love the like, hey, we're going to delegate. We're going to have you guys take this. You guys take that. Even the way that they camped, the way that they walked, everything was intentional. It was thoughtful. It was considered and well organized. God hasn't changed. And in fact, later on, Paul's going to say, is God a God of chaos and disorder? He's going to say, certainly not. Uh, So even when you're prophesying in the church, take turns. You don't have to explode with all these uh, all these uh, verbal you know, these verbal situations here. So all that to say, one of the things we should honor and value in the church, in our lives, is a sense of order and bringing things from chaos into order. That's part of what God called Adam and Eve to do, that are take dominion over the world, yeah. that are organize things and put things together in a pleasing, helpful way. And that's what you see here in Numbers 4. And, and talk about setup and teardown. This is the first setup and teardown crew right here. We, these are the, the, the Levites, man. They're the, the ones. The Levites. They're we the should call this, We should call that team the Levites. I wonder if they had a, a Stephen Little. <laughs> I, well, they, we talked about the, the chiefs of the different uh, the different uh, tribes, right? So maybe maybe that was one of those guys. Maybe it was, yeah, yeah. But the attention to detail there, it, and that's that's what we're after on Sunday mornings too. In fact, we will often before we do setup, we'll gather together and we'll talk about, hey, listen, like this is important. We we need to pay attention to things that we do here and do it well and do it with attention to detail. And we see that even here with the, the tabernacle. Now, we're not the tabernacle, but. Right. What we are doing is still significant. Worship is taking place there, and we don't want something to be a distraction to somebody that would prevent them from being able to worship the Lord. We're serving the same God. The, the God yep. of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. Yep. And so the same God who appreciated and enjoyed this kind of care and attention to detail still appreciates that now, which is why we take pains to do things that are detail-oriented. Pastor PJ, what are some of the things that you notice in a church? Details that maybe no one else would notice, but you notice. What are some of those things? Uh, cleanliness cleanliness. Yep. I think people notice those things. Well, but what are, what are things that stand out? But like walls, are there a bunch of scuff marks on the walls or like yeah. even the ceiling? If you can see the ceiling, does the ceiling look like it's been like it's cared for? Does it look, are the air vents dirty? Things like right. that, that are small. And then I'm, I'm big on symmetry. And so symmetry, like one of the first things that I'll try to do when we get to the, the school on Sunday mornings is set that first pole right yeah. underneath the basketball goal. Because yeah. if it's off to the left or the right, get mad. Well, I'd be sitting out there going, man, that bothers me that that pole is, <laughs> that center pole is not centered with the basketball goal, which would distract me from hearing the sermon, Yeah, um, which seems ridiculous. And it's my own lack of discipline, but things like that, I'll, I'll pay attention and notice things like that. I think that, yeah, th- those are, those are really, I think those are easy. I see those things too. I don't know if I, if I notice anything out of like the ordinary, but I notice when details are thought through. For instance, if I notice, uh, here's a good one. If I notice that the music matches the sermon theme, I'm impressed. I'm like, oh, someone's thinking about this. Yeah. They thought about the sermon theme and the music, the walking music is the same thing. Oh, I see what they're doing here. I like the way these guys think. Because then that tells me, man, everything is thoughtfully cared for. If they care enough about the music so that it's not generic, it's not just their normal playlist that they're thinking through the music itself, I'm like, man, that gives me confidence. I can, I can listen to and even trust them in a lot of these other areas because I know someone's thinking about it. Yep. Yeah. Even, yeah, even the, the, we've mentioned the chairs. We have somebody who measures the distance between our rows and yeah. makes sure that they're equidistant. And you might think, does that matter? It does matter. In fact, the pers- first person that drove that home to me was this guy named Carlos that was uh, my I like boss Carlos. when I was a... <laughs> He's a good guy. When I was a facilities worker at Stonebriar Community Church here in, in Frisco when I was in high school, I worked for their facilities team. And wow. What did he say? He, well, he 
would get on me because as I was resetting the chairs in the sanctuary after, you know, on Monday mornings after services, he would get on me if I wasn't attentive to make sure that they were all lined up correctly and all neatly. You were just haphazardly putting chairs all over the place. Yeah, just throwing them wherever (laughs) I wanted. No, but even like he wanted the chairs latched together. They had this like oh yeah yeah I seen those loop and and a hook, and he was like these need to be latched together. They can't just be next to each other. We need to make sure that this way and Mm. and the rows need to be. And I, I appreciated that man. His eye for detail because he cared about the job. He wanted the job done well. Because God, because it matters to God. Right. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that's why we parent. That's why we pastor. That's why we do the things that we do. Whether you're a plumber, a chef, or something else in between, God cares about the jobs that we do because every, everything ultimately is worship. Yep. Whether it is set up or tear down or whether it's something that you wouldn't think about as worship, like scrapbooking. I, th- I think it's possible to scrapbook to the glory of God and the way that you do it as an act of worship unto him. So let, let that control everything that you do, not just your worship, but everything that in your life. Be intentional, be thoughtful, and do it as an act of worship. Yeah, good comments. So on Sunday, if you show up and the center pole is off, you can send your emails. <laughs> Wasn't Pastor PJ's fault. He tried to set it up straight. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in again. Numbers three and four in the books here. And uh, we will be back again tomorrow with you as we continue to read God's word. So keep reading with us. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.